Welcome to the CanoeRaceWorld.com podcast, your home for everything related to marathon canoe racing. Now, it's time to get your paddles wet with your hosts, Kevin Olson and Bill Mahaffey. Take it away, boys. Welcome back, everyone, to the, the second half of this episode uh, this is the Canoe Race World Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Olson, as always, joined by my co-host, Bill Mahaffey. And today we have Ben Schlimmer with us as well. How are we doing tonight, guys? I am doing well. spectacular, man. Yeah, we are recording podcast content, and it's it's good stuff. And we got Ben here. Ben, how are you doing, man? I'm doing good. It's good to be back for a third time. <laughs> sure, coming over so for everyone that had listened to the, the, the last uh, last one we put out, um, we are recording this the exact same day, the exact same night. Um, we just wanted to break up the content for you guys. We could sit here and chit chat for three hours. Um, I, I, we know that's I hard still to think Ben, ben gets another punch on his frequent flyer card, though. <laughs> you know he does. Yeah, like, <laughs> he's 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 a local podcast legend right now. Like, uh, yeah. like the Strava, you like know, the Strava local segment, legend. local yeah. legends. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. So, um, you can so put that it, on a resume, right? Like, <laughs> absolutely. Oh yeah, build the resume. Um, so we're gonna uh, let's uh, let's you know, kind of just uh, piggy off where we were going with the the last episode. Um, let's touch on. Ed Wessels first. We'll do uh, Ed Wessels, then we're gonna we'll talk about Texas Water Safari in, in the marathon because those are upcoming races. So um, Ed Wessels was another race that um, Ben was at. So we're gonna give let Ben uh, chit chat about it. But I do want to say that he he uh, dabbled into the C four action at this race. Oh yeah, yeah, shake things up a little bit this time around. <laughs> Yeah, normally, normally the Ed Wessels race is, it's kind of the build up to, you know, takes, takes place two weeks before the Quinn. So it's like your build up race, you know, just try to see who's who and typically you race with your, your, uh, your partner that you race for with the 70 mm-hmm. because it's in the same, it's on the same river, the lower section of the Susquehanna. But yeah, this year I jumped in C4, you know, I changed it up a little bit, raced with Terry Kent, um, Paul Olney and uh, Ed Curley. Man, you raced with a heck of a C4 team there, dude. That's wicked. Yeah, it was, I'll say this, it was a lot of fun. I, I don't think I've ever gone that fast in a canoe before. You know, like I was looking at the, the Garmin track after, and we averaged, I think, over eight miles an hour. So it was on a loop course. What kind of C4 were you in? Do you, do you know what it was? Yeah, we were in a, we were in a grass river boat. Um, typically you see like the, 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 um, Savage river C4s and canoes out there, but, uh, yep. Paul has a, has a beautiful carbon fiber, uh, grass river, uh, C4. I'm New sure race roll podcast those. sponsor. Grass river. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but, but yeah, it was great. It was, uh, it was an unlimited boat. Um, I think they're 26 feet long and basically just as narrow as a pro boat. So they are fast. Yeah. Now was that that was the same course as the C two, correct? Yes. Yep. The C two so. Pro C four Open. Um, 
Yeah. I believe we're on the same course. So just for reference, people, so um, Patrick Madden and Phil Millspaugh won the C2 um, Pro with a time of uh, two hours, 24 minutes, and 11 seconds. Um, Ben's C4 uh, team scored two hours, 10 minutes, and 47 seconds. So almost 14 minutes on a two-hour course um, because they had, I mean, you guys got some powerhouses in there. Um, yeah, yeah so, Terry, Terry up in the yeah. there, he, he set a beautiful stroke. You know, you guys, people who don't know, Terry Kent, he's the you know former Olympian kayaker, so he's got some chops. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I have watched the Jeff Rankinen C1 video where he's chasing TK in the Clinton. Mm-hmm. I, I'm probably half the views on that video. <laughs> you guys don't know what I'm talking about. Um, uh, it's, it's a ranking in YouTube video. Uh, it's, it's absolutely incredible. But Terry Kent is a machine. Yeah. Oh, yeah I got sure. to sit. I got to sit in the number two seat right behind him. So I was like, ah, oh, got to see it up close and personal this time. Right. <laughs> he's, he's dropping me or a long ways away. So, right. I was going to say that's, that's very, uh, that's very, um, rare. Like, cause even, I mean, I haven't seen many C2 results with, uh, Terry. Um, he does, a, he's known for C1. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's a strong guy. He's like 200 plus pounds. So his, his home really is in the C1 and he does yeah. a lot of, he does a lot of other paddle sports as well. Kayaking, right. sup, yeah. you know, OC, OC, things like that. So he's very versatile. So, um, but like, I don't know if I've ever seen uh, C4 with him. So that would be the, the absolute closest. So like I've paddled in that GRB uh, C4 and, and seat two, you are sitting on top of <laughs> like your feet are underneath the, the first seat. Really? Yeah. Pretty yeah. close. I, I joked during the race that I was like, "Hey man, your 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 back is so broad, I can't see around you. So you gotta tell me if there's a tree coming up." <laughs> so that's that's great. So, um, uh, what were the what were the conditions like? What was the what was the course like? <laughs> yeah, great question. It seems like out in New York here, we've had the Legends race, uh, we've had Canton, and now we've had uh, Ed Wessels and. The weather has been crap for all three of them. It's like someone's just hitting, you know, reserving the bad weather just for the racing. <laughs> Canoe <Kidding> race weekend. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Wessels was, uh, it was, you know, high 30s, I think, when the, the first wave went off, went off. And you know, there's, you know, 12 mile an hour wind and it was raining. So it was, <laughs> I'd say it was, conditions are quite miserable. Well, at least when starting out, but once you got going and if you're working hard, it wasn't so bad, you know, because canoeing's canoeing. But but yeah, it was uh, it was cold, it was rainy, it was windy. <laughs> Your typical spring day in upstate New York, I guess. But, um, right. Sounds like a beautiful day. Yeah, exactly. But the river was high too, much like a can. So we've had we've been getting some pretty good rain this month. You know, it seems like half mm-hmm. the time it's coming down, but. Yeah, the river was high this 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 year. So um, typically, the Wessels race is a downstream race. Um, you know, starts in Otigo, and I think in the old course it used to start up in Oneana, but and then it would run all the way down to Sydney, um, about 20, 
25 miles um, downstream, kind of as like a warm up for the Clinton. But this year, um, there was there was some modifications due to COVID, of course. Um, it started behind, um, you know, Bob's Everall shop in Wells Bridge, um, you know, but. Instead of going downstream to Sydney, um, since the water was so high, we ended up doing a couple laps uh, right at Wells Bridge. So uh, we started at Wells Bridge, went up, you know, went up uh, six miles or so to Pagman's house, came back down, and basically did it all over again. And that's what the C2 Pros and C4s did. Um, I think the, the C2 stocks, C1s, and uh, amateur boats, they they did the uh, two laps of a shorter course, like the, where they went, gotcha. started at Wells yep. Bridge and then went up to Otego Bridge and then basically came back down and did it again. But all in, it was, you know, um, for the pro race, I think it was uh, 18 plus miles. So it ended up being very similar time-wise to what, um, what the original course was like. Uh, we just got to see it twice. Interesting. That's uh. Hmm. Well, it's good to hear that they were able to modify to make it work, right? That's that's yeah. the biggest thing. So. Yeah, kudos, kudos to Ed Curley. You know, he's the he's the race director there. You know, he took everything into consideration, and you know, he made the call the day before, uh, where you know, we went out and checked out the river and below Wells Bridge, it was ripping. And there's some if you ever paddle on that river, you know, the Susquehanna can really get pretty scary sometimes. Yeah. Um, there's oh, some yeah. big standing there's some big standing waves below Wells Bridge and you know, and um I, personally myself I would have been nervous going through them in C one. So <laughs> Gotcha. What's yeah, um, it was a good call? Yeah, well, yeah I am kind of a water geek, right? Um not that they screw it, you can judge me if you like. I'm a water geek. Um so this time of year, what is your typical water like? And where are you at? Where do they project that they're going to be at for Clinton weekend, which we talked about in the previous episode, which is now virtual. Um, and how does it look for the rest of the year? Like, where's the cycle look? Do you guys think you're going to have an up year, down year on water? Well, I actually had that, had a very similar conversation uh, with Bob Zavarall, you know, <clears throat> you know, the legend of Wells Bridge um, just a couple of days ago. And his prediction is that uh, the river is going to be low Memorial Day weekend. And typically, typically that's the case. You know, the river is high now, right. two, three, you know, a month out. And then as soon as this beautiful 75 degree weather hits and the rain stops, it's like the river just drops like a rock, you know. Right. So eight out of 10 years, you'll have shallow, shallow water, hot conditions, you know, like you normally see. Yeah. Right. And there, if you don't get that dam release, then it gets really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, for interesting. sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah, water level plays a huge, huge role in the in the in the Clinton, and it's uh, definitely uh, um, if the water level is low and there's no dam releases, I wouldn't be bringing your. Uh, Super fancy uh, carbon uh, fiber boats out onto that <laughs> river <laughs> to, do your, to do your virtual seventy. So <laughs> I played in my aluminum boat to take that for the virtual race. Yeah, <laughs> grind over some yeah. rocks well, out there in the Grumman. No, he doesn't have a Grumman. He has. He actually has one of the the. Um, they call them super aluminums, Bill. Oh yeah, it's, it's actually it's a sweet. 
in terms of aluminum boats, it, it's a nice aluminum boat. <laughs> yeah, it's um, back in the in the eighties. That's when my dad won his first seventy. Was in the super aluminum class, yeah. and Good that's actually where boats. he won his. Yeah, that's where he won his. He won his uh, national titles in the aluminum uh, um, too, I believe. I don't know. I'd have to double check that. I'd have to fact check that. Um, but uh, yeah, they're 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 basically just sheet aluminum in a racing hull shape. So they're they're pretty darn light and uh, they got pretty good lines too. Oh yeah, yeah. They're so. basically the design like the, the I want to say the four times thirty two, like the amateur spec. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, it's, it's shaped like a racing boat, but just. A little bit more sturdy. <laughs> oh, that's that's it. I, you got to send me a picture, man. I'd like to. Kevin, post a picture of one on the uh, on the Facebook page or something. All right. We go. should do it. We should do an article on that sometime. You know, like the history and lore of, of canoe canoes in in uh, maritime canoeing, like the generations yeah. of them. And yeah, that would, that would be absolutely. That'd be that'd be really sweet. That's a, that's a whole nother topic. I, I, I think uh, at some point we should all do a collaborative of a, um, a ranking of uh, pro boats. Um, we'll talk about that off, off air. But that's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's another, uh, another topic. But I, I think I want to I want to try to tackle it um, down, the, down the line here. I think it'll help a lot of people because I'm getting people interested in C2 down here in Florida. And the barrage of questions I have to, to answer is sometimes hard. So if we were able to create a easier, you know, guideline um, to help uh, guide people's decisions, it, it might help. So, but that's a whole tan whole tangent. Yeah, absolutely. And you could even come up with a, a ranking system. Not that we want to go too far down that hole, but you know, hey. This boat does better in shallows. This boat, you know, goes through the wave. This boat goes over the wave. This boat's kind of somewhere in between. Yeah, we we could we could record for hours on that. Let's uh, on that note, let's jump to the Texas Water Safari, which is another place where they race all kinds of crazy boats. Yes. Um, that that's coming up, right? Um, yeah. June twelfth. Do I have my date right? That, that sounds right to me. Um, somebody, somebody fact check me there. I yeah, yeah, I think it is Saturday, <laughs> June twelfth. Man, I'm telling you, there it looks like they're gonna have a race, man. Um, I'm looking at the entry list right now. There is like, I can't count how many. I'm, I'm guessing there's eighty boats at least. In this in this race, so, and this is a combination of like these the unlimited boats and tandems and four mans and two mans. So, um, just trying to look through it. I mean, it looks like there's going to be a good good variety of paddlers there too. Um, first name on the, the list, you see Nick Walton, um, Kyle Miner um, on that team. Which we know, we would know, we would uh, expect the miners there, and kind of expect Nick there. Um, he's done well at the water safari. He's he won it uh, the year you yeah, did it, right, Ben? Right, Ben? Yeah, yeah. That was when was that? Twenty? Want to say twenty eighteen? I went down and did it. Um, mm -hmm. I think he, I think he won it twenty nineteen too, didn't he? 
Yeah, could be. Yeah, I think so. He's he's been becoming a Texas regular. Yeah, yeah. that race is well suited for him. Um, and other uh, mentionables like uh, Danny Medina, who's been spending his time down there, is going to be paddling with your brother, correct, Ben? Yep, yep. Uh, Danny, my brother Mike, and a couple other uh, Texas guys are teaming up to do the four man. Uh, right, yeah. Four man down there, and they're they're. I think they're going to be uh, pretty competitive for the hopefully go for the overall win. Yeah. And I mean, and these are all, these are, you know, these are names that we're going to be seeing that probably you would assume seeing at the marathon. So, um, and then it looks like, I think it looked like Mary was going down too. Correct on that? Why, why can I not find her now? It's because there's so many. <laughs> That's a good I thing. can't even find the entry list. So you guys are like, hey, you're way ahead of me. Oh, we gotta go to like the the home page, and then uh, and then it's off just the Safari news. It's like a small little thing. Uh, so, I got you. Not a big deal. But yeah, so I'm I'm just very uh, very impressed with the amount of uh, entries there are. But that just shows you that you know uh, there there are. Um, other areas where canoe racing is live and well, other than just the, the triple crown, uh, hot spots, um, you know, and, and Texas is, they've been, uh, showing a greater and greater presence at the triple crown events and they, they, um, uh, you know, are going to keep on, uh, uh, moving up the, the rankings and we're going to see them more and more in those, in that very, very top, uh, those top spots, I think. Absolutely. I think it's great that every geographical location has their own like contingent of great paddlers, you know, and they're really good at their race and um, all of us travel back and forth and compete with each other. Yeah. But, you know, and that's the the water safari is just a a whole nother beast because it's 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 like two it's like it's like two marathons back to back. So, like, man, it's just. Yeah, it, 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 it's it's insane, and there is a big variety of watercraft. Mm-hmm. Um, we were it was Marathon Weekend. I don't know what year it was, but we were sitting at Spikes, uh, talking to some Texans, and like I I would like to do the water safari, like legitimately like to do the water safari. And uh, they were telling stories, and one of them looks at me and says, "I'll hook you up when you're ready to go." I'm thinking, yeah, this is awesome. I'm gonna, I'm gonna compete in like one of them crazy Texas six mans or something like that. And he says, but here's a kicker: you really need to, if you want to truly experience the water safari, <laughs> you should do your first one in an aluminum <laughs> and just do it to finish. And I'm thinking, God, that sounds awful. Yeah. But then I started doing more research on it, and I was, you know, the legend of the race is, yeah, that's, you know, sure, there's the guys in front winning the thing in a Texas six man, but there's also a lot of people that do that crazy race in an aluminum canoe. Yep, yeah, it's 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 a different, it's a it's a, I I I I'd almost dare to say that that is almost an entirely different sport. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're a whole nother level of yeah. 
It's like yep. it's like it's like do the Tour de France with a Walmart bike. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like uh, now, now, Ben, you were in a you were in a six man. You you did it or no? Yeah, yeah, we were in a unlimited six man. So you know, it was a forty foot boat. You know, and if 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 you if you know much about the marathon, there's a lot of a lot of rules, and you know, you do the race. I won't say unsupported, but there's uh, you know, there's a lot of people who think you should do it unsupported <laughs> so you know there's there's a lot of lot, lot of tough people who do that race and you know like they they relish the challenge of you know having a big heavy boat and just you know grinding it out for two three four days you know, or more yeah or more yeah that's yeah i i will get down there and do it i don't know if i'll sit through and suffer in aluminum the whole way but yeah <laughs> one of these years i will do that thing well that's uh now 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 that we feel like uh like uh <laughs> we're I, I don't even know what i'm trying to say like mortals you know oh I'll, yeah I'm, I'll, I'll say it i'm not worthy of the texas water safari right? next yeah. so <laughs> let's, carry on. Let's, let's uh let's transition into uh what what in my opinion is probably going to be the biggest race i mean it's it's usually a pretty darn big race of the year but this year without the clinton um and with the uh, uncertainty of uh, the canadian border probably is going to be the biggest race in the well definitely be the biggest race for us in our specific sport of uh marathon canoe racing um but that's the marathon so they released uh at ross common weekend that they are ready to go it sounds like um for the race you want to tell us a little bit more bill on what you what you've heard yeah we are from the sounds of things we are good to go um, I, I think if you caught the little press release at Ross Common, we're going to run the streets, we're going to sprint for starting position, etc. Uh, there's a lot of details to still be worked out. They haven't, I don't believe they've technically flicked the switch on entering as of yet. I think that's coming first of June, somewhere in that time frame. Um, they, Payouts, prize pools, stuff like that, still to be determined. There, um, there's a very real economic impact on you know some of the small businesses that contribute to a major event like the marathon. But every indication at this point is that it is happening. Um, the only thing that I could see set it, setting it back right now would be a, a, a major flare for the pandemic of epic proportions of a mutation that even the vaccination couldn't, you know, we're, we're going way down a rabbit hole to, mm-hmm. to come up with a scenario where this thing wouldn't happen. Right. Um, City of Grayling signed off. Um, DNR sounds like they're on board. Consumers Energy sounds like they're on board. Right. We're go. People better be training because the race is going to happen. And, and that's where the big, uh, so in my opinion, when we're talking about the marathon, there's two conversations we have to have when we're trying to talk about like, uh, you know, the, the sports side of it, of, uh, what the, how the marathon is going to play out. And I mean, we're still nine weeks out. So, um, 
there's still a lot of time to um, in between now and then. Um, but I think the main conversations this year is going to be the border opening or not opening. And then, um, and then, and then different people that we haven't seen on the race circuit yet. And, um, just people who have not been trained, just like, like yourself, you said, Ben, that you haven't been training as hard as you normally would, um, with the Clinton being around. So how is that going to affect, um, different racers? Um, I'll open it. Let's open it up to you, Ben. How, what do you think? Uh, how do you think this is all going to play out? Yeah, um, yeah, it's anybody's guess, I guess, if uh, the border is going to open or not. Time for the Canadians to come come down and, and race the, the, the marathon, but um, yeah, so it's going to be it's going to be a different. It'll be either way. It'll be a different race this year, you know. You know, these are the participants. Um, and like we said in the previous episode, that you know how 2020 was. Know, just kind of a, a reset switch for a lot of people so uh, we'd be surprised if you know some unknown came along and or some new name came along and just went out and won the whole thing yeah yeah so. it, specifically if the canadians can't cross the border um even with the canadians crossing the border like at at some point in junction Andy and Steve will be beaten. Um, every champion hits a spot where they either step away or they are defeated, right? That's just how it works. Um, who would defeat them? I don't know. But now, if Steve Lujois doesn't come, what happens? Right. Yeah. Now, just just to give a, a, a little reference, let's let's pound down on this Canadian thing right now. I'm looking at the 2019 results, okay? I'm going to count how many Canadians were in the top 10. So out of the top 20 athletes, there was one, two, three, four, five, six, six, um, six Canadians. So that's over a quarter. So that's a substantial uh, amount and then there's a you know PO was 11th you know and Tommy Pellerin and Norman Mangry were were 12th so that's in the top 12 there was nine you know and that's that speaks for itself there's so so much talent north of the border that, that potentially might be missing this year yeah so that's that's definitely going to so it it not only just affects it from a purely number standpoint, but it also affects the people that would normally team up with those guys. And, you know, being like now me being down here in Florida, it even makes the marathon even more of a, um, a challenge because of logistics. So I know the logistics that I'm going through to get myself to the marathon, but I can't even imagine trying to figure it out when the border is not open and you're playing this game of, you know, do I plan? Do I book things? Do I not? You know, all of these things got to be a, a factor in in how long do you wait until you make your final decision? Yeah. 
You know, yeah, what do you guys think? think? Yeah, well, definitely. You know, I think the, you know, the market is is gotten a lot more competitive. Just, um, you know, going out there and trying to find a partner just to even do it with, you know, with that re- automatic reduction of, you know, 25, 30% of uh, you know, available yeah. body, bodies out there. Basic supply and demand, baby. Yeah. So, so, so it'll be interesting to see who actually, what the entry list actually looks like, um, and and how it's affected by if and when this border opens. Um, because you gotta, you gotta figure some Canadians, you know, some people don't think the border is going to open up. So they're either a not asking, uh, someone, uh, from Canada to be a, a teammate or, um, you know, on the other side, the Canadians are, you know, apprehensive to commit to someone not knowing um, what it's going to be. So that can definitely shake up the field just in and of itself. And then uh, and then if it does open up and depending on when it opens up, I think that could even shake up the field even further. You know, uh, let's say that, you know, there's it opens up, you know, July 1st let's say, you know, and people have been entering, you know, putting their entry list in from June 1st, you know, you could have a whole bunch of, you know, how many changes happen and stuff like that. I think, it, I think it's going to make it a very interesting uh, lead up to the marathon. Oh, and, and, it, and it definitely could change, right? The, the guidelines now, I think, think you can travel in and out of canada via airfare i don't think you can drive into the states but i think you can fly and fly home um you would have to think that by the end of july a pretty good chance they can drive over here and drive home Mm -hmm. as well without quarantining or anything of that nature but uh right now they have to quarantine when they fly right so that's yes not only do they have to fly? They have to quarantine too. But but you also have to think about this, Bill. Um, we're thinking about you know our thirty five percent vaccination rate in the U.S. right now. They're at three and a half percent. It's very true. Very very true. So you know we're on the cusp of you know having enough you know people being fully vaccinated and everything like that. So we can think of these things, you know. Um, whereas in from the conversations that I've had, I don't think th- if it opens up, I don't think that they're going to have uh, they're going to get away from a two week um, quarantine quarantine and on so, their return. Right. And so if that happens, how many people that would normally do it, you know, can afford to do 14 days when they get back? Because that's yeah. a whole nother a whole nother topic as well, you know. Because maybe it is open, but you know, only you only see a very small amount of Canadians come because everyone has to work when they get back. Right, right. Yeah, that's it, it's very interesting. Now the the upside is, and we don't want to get too far down this rabbit hole on this episode. It sounds like Classique is happening, so the Canadians have something to train for. Right. Something yep. to focus on, so they'll be yep. in good shape. They'll be they'll be ready to rock if they can come here. 
Yeah. And that will be, you know, we'll, we'll touch on the classic in a, an episode coming up here. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, because that'll be, that'll be interesting too. You know, it'll be interesting how that shapes out with, uh, depending on how the, the border is at that point, because if there's a 14 day quarantine, when you get into the country, there's no one in the U S that I know of that can afford to take two yeah, weeks go, prior go 14 days you know? in advance. Yeah, go 14 days in advance, but also be in quarantine. So you're losing fitness for 14 days. So is that something that you want to do, um, you know, to do the classic? So I would guess, and I don't know a whole lot about the Canadian government, but I would guess when we get to that point, um, and the whole vaccine, not vaccine, the debate is a completely different wormhole that we're not going down but i would guess knowing the canadian government you'll probably be able to wave that vaccination card and bypass that two-week quarantine when they do open up that's that's yeah. my gut so, it could be right it could be right yeah. so um that is that's all it's all interesting and it's all canoe talk <laughs> um that is the topics that I wanted to cover, guys. Is there anything that you guys think that we need to need to cover before we uh, sign off? Yeah, the the only other thing that I would add to the ensemble is, hey, it's happening, but oh boy, we better hope that we don't get two weeks worth of dry and eighty because it's going to be miserably low water if it happens. Um, the the ensemble historically. What happens the week prior is what really sets that flow rate, sets that estimated winning time, things of that nature. Um, but we may not bounce back if we get two weeks worth of hard, dry heat. It'll be that's that's why I was asking Ben about water levels out there. The water geek in me was kicking in. So that's all I had. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I will say I will say for the the Clinton or more specifically the virtual seventy, um, I think there's like 35 teams registered for it. If you go on the website, you can see the, the list of names on there. So there's there's a there's a decent sized group that's going to be paddling down. Um, you know, and that, I think before race day, you'll probably see that number go up. Yeah, yeah, it's good. To, it's it's good to hear. It's it's good to know that people are still out there paddling, and uh, hopefully we can uh, continue to help grow the sport. Um, and uh, you know, and, and do what we do our little part, and hopefully it can survive for my son to uh, get out and paddle paddle these uh, legendary races, and uh, and that's really what I'm what I'm what I'm doing this for. Right on, absolutely. All right, guys, Ben, thank you for coming on the the show, and uh, thank you to all of our sponsors uh, as you guys support us. And to help us do what we do. Um, until next time, if you guys see us out at any of the races, uh, make sure to come and say hi. But uh, keep on paddling on. Right on. Keep on paddling on. Thank you. Thanks again, Ben. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the CanoeRaceWorld.com podcast, where we love marathon canoe racing and aren't afraid to say it. Be sure to visit the website at canoeraceworld.com and don't forget to support our sponsors who make this whole thing possible. Until next time.
keep paddling. 